हेलो फ्रेंड्स आई एम प्रदीप आचार्या टुडे आई डिस्कस द टॉपिक लिक्विड कोमाटोग्राफी एंड इलेक्ट्रोफोरोसिस दिस टॉपिक हैज बीन टेकन फ्रॉम चैप्टर नंबर 21 ऑफ द बुक आइडियल केमिस्ट्री रिटन बाय गैरी डी क्रिश्चियंस this chapter's learning objectives are hplc separation modes npc rpc iec ic helic sec ice chiral lc affinity lc stationary phase and particles hydrolytically and ph stable silica particles micro macro meso porous that means perfusion particles superficially porous और सुपरफिशियली एक्टिव पार्टिकल्स आयन एक्सचेंज एंड आयन एक्सचेंज रेजिन्स मॉडर्न आयन एक्सचेंजर फेज मोनोलिथिक कॉलम्स हिलिक स्टेशनरी फेज काइरल स्टेशनरी फेज एस पिरकल टाइप कैबिटी हेलिकल पॉलीमर लिगेंट एक्सचेंज अदर सपोर्ट जमन एलुमिना जार्कोनिया टाइटेनिया कार्बन इनरेस्पेक्ट ऑफ इक्विपमेंट एचपीएलसी इक्विपमेंट सॉल्वेंट डिलीवरी सैंपल इंजेक्शन सेपरेशन कॉलम्स एंड फॉर डिटेक्टर्स द लर्निंग ऑब्जेक्टिव्स आर what do we need in a detector universal detector refractive index viscosity and light scattering detectors conductivity detectors some key equations also there stokes einstein equation and einstein relation ionic or electrophoretic mobility and limiting equivalent conductance electrical resistance conductance specific conductance and cell constant also is the learning object objectives for this topic discussion key equations that means nernst einstein equation and limiting molar conductivity four electrodes bipolar pulse contactless conductance measurement aerosol detector that means elsd acd cn lsd detectors power function linearization of detector response uv visible detector pda detector absorbance ratio to determine peak coalition 
UV visible cell design RI effect LCW cell fluorescence detection as it is confocal LIF chiral detectors polarimetric ORD CD detectors electrochemical detection that means coulometric and amperometric detector pulse amperometric detector chemilusens detector radioactivity detector and coincident counting post column reaction detection reagent introduction and reactor geometries photochemical reactors and learning point ion chromatography in it will discuss ion exchange separation of amino acids and pcr detection ion chromatography that means how suppressed ic works single column ion chromatography suppressors membrane suppressors electro dialytic eluent generation and carbonate removal carbon dioxide removal device ion pair or ion interaction chromatography and hp lc method development how to do gradient elution and uhplc that means ultra high performance liquid chromatography and fast lc open tabular liquid chromatography for thin layer chromatography the discussion point is the hptlc rf values hptlc stationary phase hptlc mobile phase hptlc sample applications hptlc development and development tanks hptlc gradient elution hptlc spot visualization hptlc hptlc quantitative measurement and for the electrophoresis the learning point is electrophoresis that means cze slab gel and capillary gel electrophoresis hds space isoelectric focusing that means ci ef dna fluorescence staining pulse field gel electrophoresis and related techniques capillary electrophoresis ce operation pressure based ce injection semis capillary electrophoresis electrokinetic injection and bias electrostacking indirect photometric detection in capillary electrophoresis other capillary electrophoresis detection methods that is conductivity amperometry mass spectrometry rational for high 
सी एफिशिएंसीज हेलमर्स जीटा पोटेंशियल स्टैंड लेयर एंड ईओएफ लैमिनर वर्सेस प्लैक फ्लो कंट्रोल ऑफ जीटा पोटेंशियल जूल हीटिंग एंड कॉन्सिक्वेंस इन कैपिलरी ट्रोफोरेसिस की इक्वेशन इन कैपिलरी ट्रोफोरेसिस दैट इज नेट मोबिलिटी एंड माइग्रेशन टाइम्स की इक्वेशंस एंड कैपिलरी ट्रोफोरेसिस एंड प्लेट नंबर्स एंड रेजोल्यूशन माइसेलर इलेक्ट्रोकाइनेटिक कोमाटोग्राफी इन शॉर्ट इट इज कॉल्ड एम ई के कैपिलरी इलेक्ट्रोकोमाटोग्राफी कैपिलरी आइसोटाकोफोरेसिस इन शॉर्ट इट इज कॉल्ड सी आई टी पी एंड की इक्वेशन इन आई टी पी दिस इज वेरी बिग चैप्टर एंड इट इज एक्सटेमसिबली यूज्ड in the analytical development lab in qc and other areas so please be with me to complete this chapter HPLC is the liquid phase analog of GC. The secret to its success is small uniform particles to give small ED diffusion and rapid mass transfer. Now I'll go for introduction. Although modern chromatography was born with martin and since introduction of liquid liquid partition chromatography the martin's introduction of gas chromatography in the year 1950 using immobilized liquid stationary phase proved to be far more popular the speed and sensitivity of gc and its reasonably broad applicability led to its rapid adoption and development by now however liquid chromatography which in short it is called the lc it is especially in the form of high performance liquid chromatography that means hplc it has more than caught on it is potentially broader because approximately 80% of known compounds are not sufficiently volatile or stable to be separated by gas chromatography although initially liquid chromatography was far behind gas chromatography in performance then the wealth of accumulated chromatographic knowledge 
has led to HPLC technique today that rival the gas chromatography in performance and even allows separation to be made in seconds as the petrochemical industry championed gas chromatography in the year 1950s the pharmaceutical industry made hplc the workhorse beginning in the year 1970s today the hplc market is not just larger than the gc market it is the single largest segment of the antical instrumentation industry estimated to exceed us dollar 4 billion by the year 2017 there is a vast array of systems and techniques to choose from for particular application for this reason we provide here extensive coverage of modern instrumentation and columns which will serve to guide in selection and inform the user of the principles of the columns and detectors used in this chapter we describe the principles of hplc and its development thin layer chromatography in short which is called the tlc in this case the liquid chromatography in a planar form and it is also considered in addition i discuss electrophoresis in which separations are based on differing electrical mobilities of charged pieces a supercritical fluid is a fluid at a temperature and pressure above its critical point under these conditions neither a distinct liquid nor a distinct gas phase exist a supercritical fluid thus has properties between a gas and liquid supercritical fluid chromatography in short which is called the sfc it is an important type of type of chromatography that has attributes both common to and different from gas chromatography and high performance liquid chromatography and stands somewhere in between but the super critical fluid chromatography is not the scope of this discussion now i'll talk about the high performance liquid chromatography hplc early liquid chromatography was carried out in large columns with relatively large particles under gravity feed with manual collection of effluent fractions for offline measurements a technique that is still practiced in some synthetic organic chemistry or preparatory biochemistry laboratories
in the year 1964 in a benchmark paper in ideal chemistry journals that j calvin giddings from the university of utah predicted much improved efficiency if small particles are used with the concomitant use of high pressure to overcome the flow resistance shortly thereafter horbath and lipsky at el university usa built the first high pressure liquid chromatograph the technology of producing small particles that will allow high efficiency and performance came in the year 1970s while hvlc today largely canodes high performance liquid chromatography rather than high pressure the continued move to smaller particles does necessitate the use of higher and higher pressure some commercially available systems are capable of pumping at 15000 to 19000 psi pressures and differentiate themselves by the term ultra high pressure liquid chromatography systems which in short it is called uhplc systems now i'll talk about the principles of hplc in hplc the analytes are separated based on their differential affinity between a solid stationary phase and a liquid mobile phase the kinetics of distribution of solutes between the stationary and the mobile phase is largely diffusion controlled compared to gas the diffusion coefficient of analytes in liquids is 1000 to 10000 times slower to minimize the time required for the interaction of the analytes between the mobile and stationary phase two criteria should be met first the packing particles should be small and as uniformly and densely packed as possible this criteria is met by uniformly sized spherical particles and results in a smaller a value in the van demer equation this a value capital a value we know during the uh, description of the van demer equation in my previous um, episode that the this a value which were used in the van demer equation it is related to the ed diffusion so smaller a value means smaller ed diffusion second the stationary phase should be effectively 
a thin uniform film with no stagnant pulls and provide a small c value again this c value the capital c it is the part of the equation of the van dimmer equation and small c value means more rapid mass transport between the phase and necessary for high flow rates i already inform you that the hvlc system is superior because of its smaller eddy diffusion and the rapid mass transport between the phase that means if we consider the van dimmer equation in this case the the constant a its value will be smaller and the value of c it also will be small to get the smaller eddy diffusion and more rapid mass transport respectively because molecular diffusion in liquids is small the b term from the again from the van dimmer equation i hope you already know the van dimmer equation from my previous episodes this b term is small why because the molecular diffusion in liquid is small that's why the b term of the van dimmer equation is small hence the detrimental increase in h capital h capital h is the plate height at slow flow rates is much less pronounced than what was generally we see now i'll discuss about the hplc subclass normal phase chromatography which in short called npc it utilizes a polar stationary phase and relatively non polar to intermediate polarity solvents such as hexane tetrahydrofuran etc early hplc was mostly conducted with bare silica particles and partitioning into water absorbed on the silica provided for the mechanism of separation later as bonded nonpolar phase such as octa decyl silica that mean ods or in short we used to tell c18 these are introduced in the planar hydroorganic solvents mostly acetonitrile water methanol water etc are used as mobile phase since the polarity of the stationary and the mobile phase are reversed from the major type of chromatography 
then in vogue this was termed reverse phase chromatography over time this reverse phase chromatography which denote as rpc in short form it became far more popular today rpc is used at least 10 times as often as npc but the nomenclature remains normal phase chromatography does not mean that this is the mode of chromatography that is normally used now ion exchange chromatography in short it is called iec all are in capital letters it is one of the forms of aqueous chromatography that has been practiced since ion exchange resins were first made in the year 1930s ion exchange particles carry fixed positive or negative charge a sulfonic acid type resin for example has so3 minus h plus groups where the h plus groups can be exchanged for other cations such a resin is therefore called a cation exchange resin different cations as for example metal ions or species that can form positive ions as for example amines they can be separated on such a column based on their differing affinities for the stationary phase ion exchange based separation played an important early role in the enrichment of uranium in the manhattan project one of the important aspects of an ion exchange separation is that electroneutrality must always be maintained to separate cations as in the above examples for the analyte cations to move down the column another cation must take its place the element must therefore be ionic however it should not be construed that electrostatic interaction is the only governing factor in ion exchange affinities while it is generally true that a triply charged ion is more strongly retained than a doubly charged ion which is more strongly retained than a singly charged ion hydrophobic interactions play an significant role nonetheless for example in a homologous series such as that comprising of chloride bromide iodide ions the ionic radius increased and then the charge density decreased in that order thus decreasing electrostatic interaction with the stationary phase however 
in virtually any anion exchanger stationary phase the observed retention order will be for iodide it is the greatest and it is lowest for the chloride ion and in between the bromide ion is there because of hydrophobic interactions while important separations have been accomplished by ion exchange chromatography then the key factor in the success of these separations has been the selectivity attainable by the specific stationary phase eluent combinations the column efficiency in traditional ion exchange chromatography is relatively poor it hardly qualifies as a high performance separation technique the ion exchange chromatography was the basis of the first commercial liquid chromatograph in the form of a dedicated amino acid analyzer the high performance version of the same is still in use now i'll talk about the ion chromatography in short it is the ic it is a specific type of ion exchange chromatography that use efficient micro particulate ion exchanger originally the term indicated specifically ion analysis by conductometric detection especially in a unique configuration using a suppressor device presently the term is commonly used to indicate efficient ion exchange chromatography with a variety of detection methods so now we understood that ion chromatography ic it is a special form of ion exchange chromatography with a variety of detection methods now the hydrophilic interaction chromatography in short it is called the hilic h i l i c in hilic which is one of the most recent entries the water is absorbed on a hydrophilic surface to provide the partitioning process this mode of separation is well suited for highly polar water soluble analytes that include many drag molecules of interest the basic mechanism is the same as that in normal phase chromatography but in practice different types of column eluent combinations are used as acetonitrile water is commonly used as the eluent system in which water is the strong eluent 
in the exact reverse order as reverse space chromatography to accomplish gradient illusion one starts with a high acetonitrile content and the water content is increased with time not surprisingly the helic illusion order is often reverse of that of reverse space chromatography to establish both its similarity and difference with normal phase chromatography the early illusions of helic were made as aqueous normal phase chromatography in short it is called the ANP chromatography the practice and importance of helic is presently growing very fast now i'll talk about the size exclusion chromatography in short it is called the sec or shake chromatography in size exclusion chromatography molecules are separated based on their size the stationary phase volume is largely occupied by pores molecules that are larger than the largest pores cannot enter any pores and hence are excluded from the pores and come out in the void volume molecules that are smaller than the smallest pores in contrast can explore the entire pore space in the stationary phase and come out last as a result all analytes in sec elute within the this finite retention volume window the molecules above a certain size or we can call the molecular weight also the exact value depending on the pore size distribution in the stationary phase so the molecules above a certain size coming out fast and molecules below a certain size coming out together at the end molecules of intermediate size are separated in the retention window specific shake phase have different pore size distribution and will effectively separate molecules that are within the corresponding size range molecules larger or smaller than the range will elute but without separation within the larger or smaller groups although in principle there are no analyte specific interactions between the analytes and the stationary phase matrix in some case such interactions do occur and modify the expected retention behavior when the shake that means size exclusion chromatography is conducted for the separation of proteins and other biomolecules the aqueous eluents are used and the technique is often referred to as gel filtration chromatography in short it is called the gfc g for gel 
एफ फॉर फिल्ट्रेशन सी फॉर कोमोटोग्राफी द अर्लीएस्ट एंड स्टिल ए डोमिनेंट एप्लीकेशन एरिया ऑफ शेक दैट मीन साइज स्कूल कोमोटोग्राफी इज इन डिटर्मिनिंग द मॉलिकुलर वेट डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन ऑफ पॉलीमर्स दिस टेक्निक टिपिकली यूज पोरास पॉलीमर स्टेशनरी फेज विथ ऑर्गेनिक सॉल्वेंट्स एज इलिवेंट्स ऑफन एट एन एलिवेटेड टेम्परेचर इट इज वाइडली रेफर्ड टू एज जेल परमिएशन कोमाटोग्राफी इन शॉर्ट इट इज कॉल्ड द जी पी सी जी फॉर जेल पी फॉर परमिएशन एंड सी फॉर कोमाटोग्राफी Referring to polystyrene standards, the GPC columns with high-end molecular weight exclusion limits as low as 1500 to as high as 2 multiplied by 10 to the power 8 are readily available. Although it cannot be classified as HPLC the size exclusion chromatography is widely used in biochemistry for low pressure or gravity fed preparative separation of biomolecules pharmacia and later it is the part of the ge healthcare it made cross linked dextran gel called sevadex the name derived from separation pharmacia dextran from separation is as taken se from pharmacia it is take pha and from dextran it is take dx so this cross linked dextran gels are called shefadex with a fractionation range in terms of the global proteins ranging from less than equal to 700 when the type is sepadex type is called a g10 to the 5000 to 6 lakhs then it is called the sepadex is called the type is the g200 Biogel P, another brand from Biorad, is a similar polyacrylamidic gel available in particle size less than forty-five to one eighty micrometer, with fractionation range of one hundred to eighteen hundred, which is called the Biogel P two. and the fractional range around 5000 to 1 lakhs then it is called the biogel p100 this comes from the biorad such technique are also useful for the desalting of proteins that may have been partially purified by salting out with a high concentration of some salts a gel 
with a low exclusion limit such as cfdx25 it allows the protein to pass through the column much faster than the salts now i'll discuss the ion exclusion chromatography or it is also called the ion chromatography exclusion in short it is called the ICE like size exclusion chromatography it depends on principles of exclusion to accomplish separations and like size exclusion chromatography all analytes elute within a finite retention window weak electrolytes can be separated by this technique the dominant application area being the separation of organic acids that can be separated from strong acids and further separated according to their pka value consider the column to be consisting of a sulfonic acid type cation exchange resin that means so3h type cation exchange resin The sulfonate group is fully ionized and the resin matrix is therefore negatively charged. Electrostatic force often it is also termed as the Donan potential. So this electrostatic force thus inhibits the penetration of an anion into the interior of the resin. but no suspension barrier exists towards a neutral molecule if we consider a weak acid suppose ha the anion a minus will be excluded from the interior of the resin but not the neutral unionized acid ha hence the terminology is the ion exclusion because it is excluding the ions only not unionized form the consequence is that fully ionized acids elute in the void volume and others elute in the order of increasing pka acids that are largely unionized elute last an acidic eluent is used to maintain the ph and partial ionization it is also possible to run a gradient by decreasing the concentration of the eluent acid during the run weak base can also be similarly separated on gel type strong anion exchanger phase but this is not as commonly used the importance of chiral separations both in an analytical and preparative scales especially in the context of pharmaceuticals many of which contain chiral centers has been mentioned in the previous chapter the hplc play a much larger role in chiral chromatography than gas chromatography as many of the analyte of interest are not amenable to gc separations
to achieve differentiation between chiral enantiomers the stationary phase must act differently with the two enantiomers and must therefore itself be chiral occasionally it is possible to add chiral additives to the mobile phase and perform chiral separations on achiral stationary phase now affinity chromatography it is widely used for the separation or purification of specific biomolecules this relies on the highly specific binding between an analyte and its counterparts as in antibody antigen binding the counterpart is immobilized on the stationary phase this is called the affinity column when the desired analyte along with any variety of other substance is passed through the column only the analyte is retained on the column everything else passes through the analyte is then eluted with a sharp band by some eluent that is capable of dislodging the analyte from its counterpart while affinity purification is straight forward in principle having an agent that binds the analyte specifically and with high affinity and then devising another agent that releases the analyte without denaturation is not always a trivial task now i'll discuss about the stationary phase in hplc early microparticles are irregularly shaped porous silica gel or alumina of equivalent diameter less than equal to 10 micrometer spherical particles since developed can be packed more homogeneously and provide improved efficiency Presently high purity silica particles low in trace metal content that means usually less than 10 micrometer and even less than 2 micrometer diameter particle these generally functionalized in some fashion and they are the mainstay of HPLC smaller diameters particles create higher back pressure but they also exhibit very little loss of efficiency at higher flow rate and permitting faster separations for the analysis of small molecules that means polypeptides and many proteins and for very high molecular weight proteins the particles with respective pore size of 60 to 150 200 to 300 and 1000 to 4000 angstrom are used 
to allow the analyte to penetrate the pores most hplc is performed in the liquid liquid partition mode that means the stationary phase liquid phase is bonded to the support particles rather than adsorbed or coated as in gc packing because in gas chromatography gc packing we know that generally the stationary liquid phase are adsorbed or coated adsorption chromatography is occasionally useful for some applications the landscape of preferred hplc stationary phase support particles is continuously changing but particles most commonly used until now are microporous particles that means the pores being permeable to the analytes and the eluting solvents the majority of the surface area that means the active region is within the pores most of the mobile phase moves around the particle the solute diffuse into the stagnant mobile phase within the pores to interact with the stationary phase and then diffuse out into the bulk mobile phase the use of small particles minimized the path length for diffusion and hence band broadening exact methods of manufacturing hplc particles are mostly proprietary however rather than endowing a single particle with pores the high purity ultra fine colloidal silica can be agglomerated to form effectively micro porous spherical particles acidification of soluble silicates including organic alkyl silicates it can be used to generate an amorphous high surface area high porosity rigid particle often called zero gels x e r o g e l s spelling silica particles have surface silanol groups that be sioh the silanol groups provide polar interaction sites and this may be under desirable or can be used to advantage it can be used as the site for functionalizing the silica particle for example reaction with the monochlorosilane that means r ch3 whole twice sicl where r is the ch3 ch2 whole 16 ch2 continuous like that and the reaction with the monochlorosilane will lead 
टू द मोस्ट कॉमनली यूज सी एटीन सिलिका ऑल्सो कॉल्ड ओडीएस फॉर ऑक्टाडेसाइल सिलिका एंड दिस इज यूज एज स्टेशनरी फेज द एक्सटेंट टू हुईच सिलानॉल ग्रोव्स आर फंक्शनलाइज डिपेंड्स ऑन द चेन लेंथ ऑफ द functionalizing agent when the r being a 18 carbon chain it is difficult to functionalize more than 30% of the silanol group the unreacted silanol groups can be encapped with the smallest trialkyl silane trimethyl chlorosilane even so only about 50% of the residual silanols are usually reacted there are however proprietary techniques that claim to accomplish a greater degree of encapping similarly functionalized are for the reverse phase as for example phenyl that means when r is the c6h5 it provides pi pi interaction often paced with one or more methylene bridge biphenyl and biphenyl are also common another is the c8 functional groups r where r is equal to ch2 whole 7 ch3 and it is less hydrophobic then c18 normal phase normal phase in this case the for the increasing the polarity then cyanopropyl that means where r is equal to ch2 whole thrice cn diol where r is ch2 whole twice o ch2 ch oh ch2 oh amino and dimethyl amino both with a 2 3 carbon methylene bridge that means r is equal to ch2 whole thrice nh2 and r is equal to ch2 whole thrice n CH3 altoise this functional groups is used for normal phase so we understand that for reverse phase the functional groups are different from that of the for the normal phase the extent of functionalization especially for c18 phase it is often expressed in terms of weight percent carbon as obtained by elemental analysis when a bonded phase is prepared from a monochloro trialkyl silanes the reagents can only form a single bond with a surface oh group 
this forms a monomeric bonded phase resembling a brass type structure in which each of the bristles represents the same chemical entity for a long hydrocarbon chain like c18 this would very much represents a bonded molecular film of oil instead of a monochlorotrialkyl silane imagine that a dichloro dialkyl silane or a trichloroalkyl silane is reacted with silica without complete exclusion of water on an average between 1 and 2 chlorine atoms from each reagent will react with the silica particle all the rest remain unreacted this hydrolyze forming SiOH groups which then react with more reagents thus essentially forming a polymeric phase this would resembles a three dimensional network rather than a brass like phase and may provide greater shape and size selectivity this may be beneficial in affecting separations between geometrical isomers polynuclear aromatic hydrocarbons etc percent carbon content of a polymeric phase can be much higher than that of a monomeric phase the carbon content is an index of the column capacity although increasing carbon content of a c18 phase is sometimes wrongly interpreted as increasing nonpolar nature of the phase and capping adds little to the carbon load but reduction of the free sioh groups greatly alters the polarity of the phase both monomeric and polymeric stationary phase are available in encapped and non encapped versions however free residual sioh groups inside a 3d polymeric network cannot be capped as easily as a result a particular polymeric phase may have a greater carbon load but its polarity may not necessarily be lower than a well encapped monomeric c18 phase now we'll discuss about the stability at ph and temperature extremes that means improving hydrolytic stability at ph and temperature extremes standard silica based columns have limited lifetime at ph level below 2 or above 8 in the silanization reaction 
used for endcapping or functionalization if the two methyl groups in the chlorodimethyl alkyl silane are replaced by the larger isopropyl that means where n is equal to 1 or isobutyl where n is equal to 2 groups the ch ch3oln ch2 minus access of h plus to the si single bond o single bond si bond becomes more difficult in the sterically hindered hydrophobic environment and stability to acidic ph is significantly improved that means for improving the stability in lower ph we can in the functional group the ch3 groups will be changed with larger larger isopropyl or isobutyl groups cross linked polymeric particles for example poly methacrylates and especially cross linked polystyrene it can withstand the full range of ph chromatographic columns based on graphitic carbon alumina titania and zirconia are also available and all exhibit greater ph tolerance than silica however at comparable particle size no other support particle exhibits chromatographic efficiencies provided by silica or are capable of being functionalized by the varieties of oil characterized silane chemistries that have been developed different approach to improve alkaline ph stability of a c18 silica packing have been developed scientist at azilent developed a technique where a propylene breeze bidentate c18 silane anchors the silica at two points because the bonded layer is sterically fixed in position this makes it difficult for oh minus to attack the underlying silica at room temperature with organic based buffers such a phase may be used for extended periods even up to a ph of 11.5 another approach developed by the waters corporation corporations towards making an organic inorganic hybrid silica particle with extended stability at alkaline ph involves the synthesis of particles from two high purity monomers tetra ethyl ortho silicate and bis tri ethoxy 
Silyl ethane and which incorporates the perfumed ethylene bridge to synthesize a polyethoxysilene that upon hydrolysis gives the desired silica particle containing covalent hydrolytically stable SI single bond CH2 single bond CH2 single bond SI linkage the macroporous micro or mesoporous structures that means for perfusion packings now we'll discuss about the macroporous microporous mesoporous structures the dividing boundaries of micro meso and macropores are not strictly defined but in the general context of hplc packing the pores smaller than 100 angstrom are referred to as micropores while those larger than 1000 angstroms are regarded as macropores pores of intermediate size are sometimes referred to as mesopores Macroporous structures are obviously necessary for the analysis of very large molecules. Extensive macroporosity also leads to much greater surface area and thus provides greater capacity. Increased capacity of a macroporous packing is often advantageously used in ion exchange chromatography. most often some micro mesoporosity will also be associated with macropores at proud university rainier deliberately designed polymeric packing with large macropores that means around 6000 to 8000 angstrom and connected to a great number of mesoporous mesoporous means around 800 angstrom mesoporous channels and some microporosity was also present the accessible surface area is then functionalized in the desired manner this type of particle is particularly well suited for the separation of very large molecules especially large proteins which have very small diffusion coefficient consider that you have to deliver and collect mail from a large number of house which are all suited in small lengths your tags will be a lot faster if the lens emanate from fewer large avenues the optimum flow rate will be faster and the solute is brought more quickly to the mesoporous channels where separation occurs 
while these packings were originally made as 10 to 20 micrometer diameter beads the current offering spans particle diameters of 10 to 50 micrometer and is targeted primarily at large scale separation tasks in the biopharmaceutical industry affinity ligands such as recombinant protein a or protein g bound to perfusion packing are popular for rapid analytical scale purifications of the corresponding antibodies free reactive aldehyde or epoxide groups in an affinity column are used similarly to bind proteins with free nh2 groups non porous packing non porous packing primarily of silica in very small particle size as low as 1.5 micrometer and they have had a transient popularity in hplc mass transfer in porous silica is limited by the rate of intra particle diffusion in addition uncapped active sites in the pores may lead to undesirable interactions if there are no pores the pore diffusion and longitudinal diffusion limitations disappear with very small particles the diffusion distance from the mobile to the stationary phase is very short column efficiency is virtually flow rate independent however the pressure needed to attain a certain flow rate through a given column varies inversely as the square of the particle diameter the pressure needed to pump through a column at a given flow rate is 1100% higher when the column is packed with 1.5 micrometer particles than with 5 micrometer particles the particles being otherwise identical this limits the lowest practical particle diameters and oblique or the highest flow rate that can be attained because of pressure limitations of current pumping technologies in addition although high strength silica particles that can withstand 19000 psi that means 1300 bars they are now commercially available most available particles are deformed or crashed at pressures much less than this non porous packing have a much lower surface area limiting how much sample can be injected on column that means low column capacity and thus exhibit much lower retention times under otherwise identical elution conditions because of high pressure required for the very small particles the column length are obligatorily short it is also more difficult to pack a column densely and homogeneously with non porous particles 
superficially porous particles discussed we'll discuss now have essentially replaced the non porous packing now i'll talk about the superficially porous particles from the beginning days of liquid chromatography it has been realized that a solid core particle with a thin superficial active layer should have good mass transfer characteristics as early as the year 1967 horbat et al described hplc separation of nucleosides on glass beads coated with ion exchange resins and other materials when small steven and baumans et al from dow chemicals introduced ion chromatography in the year 1975 to make an efficient ion exchanger phase they used solid core polystyrene divinyl benzene particles and very lightly sulfonated them on the surface so that the surface content negatively charged so3 minus group upon passing a suspension of colloidal size positively charged anion exchange nanoparticles commonly called latex through a column packed with such polystyrene divinyl benzene particles the positively charged latex bind so tightly to the surface of the negatively charged core particles that an efficient stable ion exchanger results in a similar manner superficially porous particles which in short it is called spp and also called core shell or fused core particles so superficially porous particles of small diameter have been introduced more recently for general use the packing material is composed of an inner fused or non porous particle core and a porous outer particle shell thus analytes only interact with the outer shell reducing resistance to mass transfer and providing superior separation efficiency as stagnant regions in the middle of the particles are removed analytes and mobile phase can transfer more efficiently from the stationary phase back to the mobile phase columns packed with superficially porous particles with particle size as small as 1.3 micrometer are now available now chromatography on classical ion exchange resins i'll discuss on it 
although many chromatographic separations have been carried out on classical ion exchange regimes that are typically gel type ion exchangers and are fairly large particles that means at least 25 to 37 micrometer diameter such regions are no longer used for analytical separations they are however extensively used in water softening water purification high purity water production certain large scale separation of metals including radionuclides as catalyst and the production of many pharmaceuticals sugars and beverages including purifying fruit juice they are also widely used in the laboratory to convert a compound in one ionic form to another it is important to have an appreciation of the classical ion exchange regimes and how they work before modern stationary phase for ion exchange are discussed while a few commercial ion exchange regimes are based on an acrylate skeletons by far the large majority are made of a polystyrene polymers cross linked with divinyl benzene the aromatic skeleton of the cross linked polymer resin is easily functionalized to contain permanent ionic functional groups as for example so3 minus nr3 plus groups or protolytically ionizable groups examples is carboxylic groups amide groups there are chemically four basic types of ion exchange regimes used in analytical chemistry strongly acidic strongly basic weakly acidic and weakly basic for strong acid that means cation exchanger we use the strong acid and in this case the functional group is used as sulfonic acid type of exchanger when it is the for the cation and weak acid then it is the functional exchanger groups is carboxylic groups and for anion exchangers when you use the strong base then the corresponding groups is quaternary ammonium ion and for anion exchanger if we use the weak base then functional group is amine groups aside from the original solid bead gel type resin the resins are also made now with porogens that means solvents that are present in the structure during the formation of the beads but are later washed out leaving macro or meso pores the letters are termed as macroporous or macro reticular resins these of course have much greater surface area than gel type resins
the cation exchange resins these resins contain functional groups where the cation is mobile and is replaceable by another cation they are typically sold in the h plus or the na plus forms the strong acid type exchangers have sulfonic acid groups that are fully ionized weak acid cation exchangers have carboxylic groups or in special resins the po3h that means phosphonic acid groups these are only partially ionized so for strong cation exchange resins the functional groups are fully ionized but for weak cation exchange resins it is the partially ionized groups they have the equilibrium that means when the exchange resin cation resins with react with the metal ions then the metal ion entered in the resins and it will replace the h plus ions in free form both for the strong cation exchange resins as well as weak cation exchange resins the equilibrium in this equation can be shifted to the left or the right by respectively increasing the concentration of h plus or the concentration of metal ions or by changing the amount of resin present at constant concentration of h plus or concentration of metal ions that means m n plus the exchange capacity of a resin is the total number of equivalents of replaceable hydrogen per unit volume or per unit weight of resin and this exchange capacity is determined by the number and strength of fixed ionic groups on the resin Typical ion exchange capacities are of the order of 1 to 4 milliequivalents per gram. The greater the ion exchange capacity of a column, the greater is the solute retention. Whereas the behavior of strong acid type resins is highly independent of pH. retention by weak acid cation exchangers is highly ph dependent below ph 4 the resins hold on to the protons too strongly for exchange to occur but this ph dependent tunability of affinity for non h plus cations 
provides a dimension for separation control that is not available with strong acid type resins stationary phase used today by cation separation in iron chromatography are nearly always based on weak acid exchangers these type of exchangers do not however interact well with weak base there are better separated on strong acid exchangers now i'll discuss about anion exchange resins anion exchange resins contain permanently cationic that means n r3 plus group or protolytically generated cationic groups that means in r2 plus h plus it will form the product in r2 h plus this is called the protolytically generated cationic groups these are permanently bonded to the resin that means to the anion exchange resins the resin is typically supplied in the chloride or hydroxide form that means cl minus or oh minus form the anions are replaceable the exchange reactions can be represented by n resin nr3 plus cl minus plus an minus will be in equilibrium to the product resin nr3 whole subscript n a plus n cl minus where the r is an alkyl group most commonly methyl but also benzyl hydroxyethyl benzyl also available there as the group r for strong base resins and for a weak base resin one or more of the r groups can be h that means hydrogen atom in present day hydroxide eluent ion chromatography which will be discussed later in the present day the hydroxide eluent ic the alkalo alkanol amine groups as for example ethanol amine ch nh2 ch2oh etc type functionalities make the phase more selective for hydroxide ion and are often used strong base type exchanger retain their ability to exchange anion up to a ph of 12 but weak base resins are not effective exchangers at alkaline ph they also do not bind weak acids effectively but may be good for separating strong acids like sulfonates 
Styrene has only one unsaturated group. Polymerization results in a soft, easily deformable polymer. Incorporating a monomer that has more than one unsaturation as for example divinyl benzene or its ethyl derivatives results in the linear chains of polystyrene being brushed by the divinyl benzene bridge this cross linking makes the material more rigid and it reduces swelling by a solvent or and hence make the resin more pressure tolerant with increasing degree of cross linking that means typically the specified as the percent divinyl benzene divinyl benzene in short we used to write dbb so with increasing degree of cross linking the increasing rigidity also increases the difference in selectivity towards different exchangeable ions gel type resins resins are available with cross links as low as 2% dbb to as high as 16% dbb that means divinyl benzene although 4 to 8% cross linked resins are most common the resin name often indicates the degree of cross linking example dawx50 wx4 and dawx50 wx8 are the same strong acid type resin that are respectively 4 and 8% cross linked that's why in this uh, resins the number 4 and 8 are mentioned although primer facy a cation has no affinity for anion exchangers and cations per se cannot be separated on anion exchangers the separation of the majority of transition metals heavy metals or rare earth metals have long been carried out on anion exchangers the trick here is that in the presence of complexing anions the metals actually form anionic complex which then bind to anion exchanger concentrated hydrochloric acid forms anionic chloro complex with all but a few metals a variety of metals have thus been separated on a strong base type anion exchanger with an acl gradient the highly corrosive nature of acl that means hydrochloric acid has led to alternatives weak complexing agents that means hydroxy isobutyric acid or pyridine one six dicarboxylic acids are often used in modern ion chromatography ic as the eluent with 
anion exchangers and even mixed cation anion exchanger phase in fact the difference in selectivity among different transition metals or different rare earth metals on a standard cation exchanger is so little that a straight cation exchange separation will simply not be possible it is the difference in the complexation constant with the complexing elements that ultimately brings about the separation as the complexing agents that either weak acids or base their complexing ability depends on ph as well and a ph gradient can be a further tool to control the separation uncharged complexing agents can also affect the partitioning equilibrium either directly by affecting the concentration of the exchangeable form of the metal ion or indirectly because the neutral metal ligand complex has a different that means often greater due to the hydrophobic interactions so different affinity for the ion exchanger now i'll talk about the modern ion exchangers phase there are various types of ion exchangers phase in current use following the classification proposed by christopher fall of thermo fisher dynamics several of these packing classes were pioneered by him as previously discussed in the context of core shell particles from early days of the introduction of the ion chromatography the ion exchanger nanoparticles that means colloidal organic ion exchanger particles typically made by the emulsion polymerization and often called latex so the ion exchanger nanoparticles of 50 to 200 nanometer size agglomerated on a substrate particle have been used as the stationary phase even earlier porous silica based ion exchangers with ion exchange groups bonded through silane chemistry and these have been and continue to be used in hplc type applications significant ion exchange capacity is possible with this type of packing it is not used in ion chromatography application because of poor stability of the base material with purely aqueous eluents with either extreme or ph the core shell type of ic packing has a relatively low capacity the original substrate used air of low cross link these have gradually been replaced by higher cross link substrate to allow compatibility with organic solvents and high pressure in principle it is possible to use ph stable inorganic substrate or inorganic nanoparticles ion exchangers for agglomeration but this has not yet been realized in practice 
the structure is used today only in pre concentration or guard column a macroporous substrate based packing that uses the same basic strategy but use a substrate with 100 to 300 nanometer pores and a latex size small enough to attach inside the pores permitting nearly an order of magnitude greater exchange capacity compared to non porous substrate of similar size this is widely used in present day iron chromatography column the strategy for polymer grafted film on a porous substrate leads to high capacity packing but where cross linking cannot be controlled and dense manipulation of selectivity through cross linking is not possible the substrate is either prepared with polymerizable groups on the surface or it is modified to introduce polymerizable groups monomers and initiators are then allowed to react to produce the grafted particle either polymer or inorganic substrates can be used in theory in practice only polymeric substrates are in commercial use a general class of ic packing in which a porous polymer is directly chemically derived to form the functional groups to make high capacity packing of many chemistries used the most common approach is to form a copolymer with a cross linking monomer and a reactive monomer such as vinyl benzyl chloride or glycidyl methacrylate which are subsequently allowed to react with a tertiary amine to produce quaternary ion exchange sites this architecture is popular among japanese column manufacturers polymer encapsulated substrates were pioneered by gerard skomberg of max planck institute a preformed polymer with residual double bond and a suitable free radical initiator dissolved in solvent are added to the substrate particle the solvent is then stripped off to leave a polymer film that is cured at an elevated temperature to yield a cross linked film permanently encapsulating the substrate the most successful example of this technique is polybutadiene maleic acid copolymer coated on porous silica this makes an efficient weak acid exchanger for cation separations now i'll talk about the monolithic columns as the name suggests it constitutes essentially of a single solid rod that is thoroughly permeated by interconnecting pores 
द जनरल नोशन दैट ए कोमोटोग्राफी कॉलम मज बी मेड ऑफ डिस्क्रीट फाइन पार्टिकल्स वॉज चैलेंज्ड बाय स्टीलेन हेजरटेन ऑफ द यूनिवर्सिटी ऑफ उपशाला इन स्वीडन इन द लेट 1980s he asserted in the year 1989 that a continuous gel plug with channels sufficiently large to permit an hydrodynamic flow might be the ideal chromatographic column and demonstrate separation of proteins on a continuous polymer bed of a cation exchanger where the separation efficiency was flow rate independent over an order of magnitude flow rate range two years later he and his students described the detailed preparation and use of such columns polymeric monoliths were later developed by tennikova from the russian academy of science and sibek from the university of california berkeley in a collaborative effort and first commercialized as dix large monoliths up to several liters in column volume based on this technology has since been developed for large scale bioseparations very short columns that means around 5 mm long and 5 mm diameter so these short columns are also now commercially available for both analytical and semi preparative use for high resolution and rapid separations of antibodies that means igg igm plasmid dna virus fogs and other macrobiomolecules although chronologically silica monoliths become commercially available subsequent to the polymer versions the basic synthetic strategies were extensively developed earlier by tanaka et al at the Crito Institute of Technology As with perfusion packing they have a bimodal bimodal pore structure Macropores which act as flow through pores are about 2 micrometer in diameter The silica skeleton contains mesopores with diameters of about 13 nanometer. It can be surface modified with stationary phase like C18. The rod is shrink wrapped in a poly ether ether ketone which in short it is called the PIK PWK. plastic holder that means peak plastic holder to prevent wall effect of solution flowing 
along the walls the surface area of the mesopores is about 300 meter square per gram and the total porosity is 80% compared with 65% for packed particles the column exhibits a van dimmer curve close to that for 3.5 micrometer packed particles but with a pressure drop about 40% of the packed column run at the same linear velocity standard diameters let me 4.6 mm columns can be made up to a maximum length of 10 cm the shorter length and high porosity allows flow rate up to 9 ml per minute permitting fast separations mass transport is facilitated by convection in addition to diffusion making these columns well suited for efficient separations of both large and small molecules for greater plate counts more than one column can be connected in series more recently the mesopore or macropores ratio of such silica monoliths were further optimized a 50% gain in efficiency compared to that first generation monolith was attained at the price of a slightly higher pressure the separations achieved with these columns are comparable to 2.6 micrometer superficially porous particles under otherwise comparable conditions but at a lower pressure drop until recently silica based and polymer based monoliths were observed to work best for small and large molecules respectively newer generations of high surface area monoliths are useful for separations across the size range the polymeric monolith phase have shown high mechanical robustness and low swelling in organic solvents because a very high level of cross linking is used the utility of agglomerating ion exchange latex nanoparticles on the surface of an oppositely charged monolith rod has also been demonstrated Polymeric monoliths are available in capillary formats from 0.1 to 1 mm in diameter and up to 250 mm in length ideal for a detector such as a mass spectrometer that requires only a small liquid input flow such phase can separate small ions as well as large biomolecules and imprints impressive Two lakh plates have been demonstrated for four 25 centimeter columns connected in series. Now I'll discuss about the stationary phase for hydrophilic interaction chromatography. That means stationary phase for helic. 
Hilic means hydrophilic interaction chromatography H I L I C All hydrophilic surfaces are not optimally suitable for helic phase where water absorption is strongly dependent on pH are susceptible to changes in retention when the pH change there are three different types of helic phase neutral charged and deuterionic a typical neutral helic phase contains amide or diol functionalities bonded to porous silica a charged phase exhibits strong electrostatic interactions and may consist of bare silica or more commonly amino amino alkyl or sulfonate functionalities bonded to porous silica separation selectivity between different analytes can be favored by the electrostatic that means ionic interactions that are contributing to the retention with charged helic stationary phase however if the electrostatic interactions are too strong a highly saline eluent is needed to affect elution in a reasonable period non volatile saline eluents are not compatible with the electrospray ionization mass spectrometer commonly used as a detector this complicates matters balancing the charge with a deuterionic bonded phase that means a concept originally developed by nat irgam at university of umea sweden it is one of the most successful approach used in helic the ion deuterionic group that means a minus os3 ch2 whole thrice n plus ch3 whole twice ch2 this deuterionic group may be a functional entity bonded to a porous silica support for better efficiency or a polymeric support for greater ph range it is interesting that for analytes that may exhibit significant electrostatic interaction it makes a difference as to which end of the jupiter ion is bonded to the support in this example that means that jupiter ions whatever i described the plus end point that means the plus charge is above the n this plus end of the jupiter ion is closer to the support 
columns are available also with a reverse orientation and in many case selectivity is reversed now i'll talk about the chiral stationary phase there are four basic types of chiral stationary phase for hplc chiral stationary phase in short we can tell csp in capital letters first chiral stationary phase which is called the pirkel phase pirkle pirkel phase william h pirkel first developed the pi acceptor chiral stationary phase or csp at the university of illinois these csp is resolved enantiomers containing pi donor groups the pi electrons being supplied by the aromatic groups within the enantiomer a chiral pi acceptor pi electron acceptor molecule the active component of the csp is covalently bonded to porous silica particles the interaction sites for chiral recognition on the csps are classified as pi basic or pi acidic aromatic rings acidic sites basic sites or steric interaction sites pi pi interactions occur between the aromatic rings in the analyte and those in the chiral stationary phase that means csp acidic sites supply protons for potential hydrogen bonding and basic sites supply pi electrons in addition steric interactions can occur between large bulky groups all together as with chiral gc stationary phase minimally there must be interactions at three different points between the enantiomeric analytes and the csp to achieve a separation common pi acceptor csps are based on dinitro benzoyl derivatives of l or d phenyl glycine l or d leucine amino phenyl alkyl esters and amino alkyl phosphonates etc some are based on beta lactam the one remarkable attributes of such phase is that a given chiral stationary phase is often available in either of the two chiral configurations the order of elution of an enantiomer pair 
can thus be chosen by choosing a column of the appropriate configuration this is very valuable when one enantiomer must be separated from a very large excess of the other invariably separation and accurate quantization is facilitated when the trace constituent elutes first the pi electron donating chiral stationary phase are designed to separate amines amino acids alcohols and thiols the chiral recognition mechanisms are the reciprocal of the pi acceptor chiral separating phase the naphthyl leucine is a common chiral stationary phase of this type a third type of pyrical chiral stationary phase has attributes of both a pi donor and a pi acceptor examples include dinitrobenzoyl derivatives of amino tetrahydrophenanthrene diphenyl ethylene diamine diamino cyclohexane etc most pyrical type chiral stationary phase can be used either in the reverse or the normal phase mode now second type of chiral stationary phase is chiral cavity phase i'll discuss on it now cavity type phase such as cyclodextrins for gas chromatography have been previously discussed in the chapter number 20 the alpha beta and gamma cyclodextrins are respectively 6 7 and 8 alpha d glucopyranose units linked in a alpha 1 4 fashion in the basket shaped molecule the central cavity is somewhat hydrophobic and the outer surface is hydrophilic for hplc beta and gamma cyclodextrins are bonded to porous silica typically through a hydrolytically stable ether linkage stationary phase based on various derivatized cyclodextrins are also available commercially available since the year 1983 the cyclodextrin base chiral stationary phase presently remain the workhorse of chiral hplc these are typically used in the reverse phase mode the chiral differentiation occurs when an enantiomer can enter in the cavity and interacts with the interior while one or more functional groups attach to it interacts 
with the mouth of the cavity there are so many other examples for this chiral cavity phase you can go through this book to find it more now third type of chiral stationary phase is helical polymer phase polymers such as cellulose esters have a helical structure right handed and left handed helix are not super impossible they are inherently chiral and can be used for enantiomer separations both cavity inclusion and hydrogen bonding and or hydrophilic hydrophobic interactions are involved in the separation popular phase are based on tris dimethylphenyl or chloromethylphenyl derivatives of carbamoyl cellulose or amylose now i'll talk about the fourth type of chiral stationary phase it is the ligand exchange column the substrate typically porous silica contains one enantiomer d or l of an amino acid as for example proline or a derivative of amino acid to provide an optimum length for the spacer when such a column is treated with a copper salt let me see you 2 plus reversibly coordinates to the bonded amino acid moieties in a multidented fashion that is at more than one binding site any chiral molecules that can bind to cu2 plus ion can displace one of the bound enantiomeric amino acids but the strength of this interaction depends on the specific chiral configuration of the analyte the analyte enantiomers are thus separated as with the pirkel pi acceptor chiral stationary phase the columns are available in either l or d configuration and this choice will dictate which analyte enantiomer will elute first in general if the column is in l configuration then the analyte d enantiomers elute first but there are exceptions for one popular ligand exchange column from astec in a separation of lactic malic tartaric and mandelic acids only the tartaric acid enantiomers elute opposite to the expected 
ऑर्डर नाउ आई टॉक अबाउट द अदर सपोर्ट्स एल्यूमिनियम प्लेड एन इंपॉर्टेंट रोल एज सपोर्ट मेटेरियल इन अर्ली नॉर्मल फेज एचपीएलसी प्रेजेंटली एल्यूमिनियम कॉलम्स are available and can withstand a 1.3 to 12 ph range typically the aluminum columns diameter is 5 micrometer microporous particles that are coated based on the original work of care at the university of Minnesota the zirconia that means ZrO2 based column packing are available with particle size down to less than 2 micrometer and coated with polybutadiene polystyrene various ion exchange groups elemental carbon C18 bonded to the carbon layer chiral selectors etc amazingly some of these phase are chemically stable over the ph range 1 to 14 and are also thermally stable up to 200 degree centigrade unusual gc like separation with gc style detector it become possible in lc with such phase An example of the illusion of aromatics with pure water is an example. Pressure drop and vapor pressure calculations can be used to show that water remains in the liquid state through most of the column. The flow rate used is equivalent to 5.6 milliliter per minute. through a conventional 4.6 mm diameter column it would be prohibitive to attain such a flow rate through a column packed with 3 micrometer particles at room temperature it is only possible because of the greatly reduced viscosity of superheated water another support material is titania tio2 Titania is also available in particle size down to 3 micrometer and in a large variety of pore size and can also tolerate a large range of pH and temperature. Finally, porous graphite carbon another support material. The porous graphite carbon withstands the full pH range of 0 to 14 and is available in 3, 5, 7-micrometer micrometer particle size. This stationary phase has a highly crystalline homogeneous surface and is uniquely useful for the separation of highly polar compounds and geometric isomer or diastereomers. Now I'll talk about the equipment for HPLC system. 
any hplc system must have a minimum of four components a pump an injector a separation column and a detector commonly a computer system is used to acquire the data and to control the other components an auto sampler is also a commonly used accessory in busy laboratories not only is, is there a considerable difference in scale between analytical and preparative hplc there is an equally great span between the small end of analytical scale hplc and the original scale of 4.6 mm diameter as the linear velocity through the column is the governing parameter in scaling the flow the optimum flow rate between columns of two different diameters must change in proportion to the square of the diameter a flow rate range of 1 to 2 ml per minute on a 4.6 mm diameter column will translate to a flow rate of around 0.48 to 0.96 microliter per minute for a 0.1 mm diameter column a almost 2000 fold difference that means the changing of the diameter of the column reflects the tremendous change of the flow rate optimum injection volumes also vary proportionally no single system can span this large a range optimally for any of the component although some systems claim to span a 3.7 orders of magnitude range as for example 1 to 5000 microliter per minute it is rare that more than two orders of magnitude range can be spanned with equivalent performance it is fortunate that open tabular liquid chromatography where the column is an open that means wall modified tube optimally less than 20 micrometer in diameter and where the optimum flow rates will be in sub to double digit nanoliter per minute it is still only in research laboratories available pumps do not need to claim to be operable in this range as well the great variety of column diameter length and particle size naturally necessitate somewhat different types of equipment nevertheless the majority of separations at the time of this writing is still conducted by standard hplc where the pressure is less than 400 bar 
or less than 5800 psi and it largely performed on short columns packed with 3 and 5 micrometer silica based particles we while stm particle that means stm means standard testing and materials particle packed column may require pressure over 5800 psi especially in longer columns where the length of the column is greater than 10 cm and in ultra high performance liquid chromatography that means uhplc pumps of pressure capability up to 19000 psi that means 1300 bar are available these are still used by lesser numbers of laboratories the recent availability of spp packing which permit efficiency similar to stm columns but at lower pressure it is slowing the migration to a uhplc which at least as yet is not in wide use however an estimated around 25% of the hplc column market has been taken over by stm and the stm spp packing which are largely used with uhplc systems even though the majority of chromatographers are still not using uhplc systems many analyses in the pharmaceuticals or biotech industry also must use the prescribed regulatory methods that are based on specified columns packed with 5 micrometer particles that do not require pressure greater than 6000 psi now i'll talk about the solvent delivery system while the principal component of the solvent delivery system is the pump other important ancillary components are an inlet filter a solvent degassing system and a pulse dampener if particles enter into the pump chamber they may score the piston or the wall or will cause check valve malfunction plugging of the column frit etc filtration of the eluent is therefore a must the inlet filter is typically a 0.2 micrometer pore size fitted stainless steel or polymeric filter that constitutes the terminal end of a ptfe or pick tube ptfe and pick these are the material i already discussed previously 
and that is immersed in the solvent reservoir that means a inlet filler we have to use with pore size 0.2 micrometer fluted stainless steel or polymeric filter that constitute the terminal end of a tube that is immersed in the solvent reservoir the other end connect to the pump in addition the majority of hplc users prefer to use highly pure hplc grade solvents the uv absorption is one of the most common modes of detection in hplc and aside from already being filtered the hplc grade solvents have low level of uv absorbing impurities unless anything else is done the eluent reservoir so will be in contact with the air and the eluent will contain dissolved air in some isocratic elution arrangements it is sufficient to locate the solvent reservoirs above the pump so that gravity aids the solvent aspiration by the pump without forming air bubbles application of a modest amount of back pressure after the detector then prevents the formation of gas bubbles in the detector and attendant problems the large majority of hplc applications however require gradient elution solubility of air and most common gases other than gases that dissolve to form ions as for example the carbon dioxide this solubility of these gases is significantly greater in organic solvents than in water or mixed hydro organic solvents as such gas bubbles may form when an organic solvent is added to an aqueous eluent that is when the solvent composition of the eluent is blended or changed online this is further promoted by the heat generated by pumping and mixing gas solubility decreased with increased temperature the resulting gas bubbles will create problems with proper check valve function and or pump and detector operation in many case the detector cell is thermostated by maintaining it at a slightly elevated temperature to reduce detector noise especially with refractive index that means ri detector viscosity or conductivity detector that are particularly sensitive to temperature change again gas bubbles will form in the absence of solution degassing there are a number of different ways to remove dissolved gas by offline procedures such as point number a heated stirring and point number b vacuum degassing and 
ऑनलाइन प्रोसीड्योर सच एज पॉइंट नंबर सी हीटेड स्टारिंग पॉइंट नंबर डी वैक्यूम डिगैशिंग एक्ट्रोस ए गैस परमिबल मेम्ब्रेन एंड पॉइंट नंबर ई हिलियम स्पर्जिंग स्ट्रैटेजी फॉर डी एंड ई पॉइंट दैट मीन्स वैक्यूम डिगैशिंग एंड हिलियम स्पर्जिंग these are commonly used the inline degassers are incorporated between the solvent reservoirs and the pump a membrane based vacuum degasser can remove 70 to 95% of the dissolved gas decreasing with increasing flow rate because oxygen absorbs at low wavelength a flow rate gradient will result in a rising baseline at 190 to 220 nanometer in the best performing vacuum degassers the vacuum pump turns on and off at short fixed intervals multiple degassing lines are often provided and greater degassing is possible by connecting them serially that is running the eluent through the degasser multiple times helium degassing is most commonly used and can provide better degassing than vacuum units for optimum operation they do however require more care bubbling helium into the mobile phase causes the helium to displace the dissolved air this helps to obtain a stable baseline with high sensitivity not only for uv and fluorescence detection fluorescence is often highly affected by dissolved oxygen but also for ri detectors to prevent re exposure to air a good helium spurging system is scaled and to facilitate solvent delivery to the pump the eluent reservoirs is modestly pressurized in case where the highest degree of degassing is needed helium spurging is used in conjugation with a vacuum degasser but even this may not be enough for sensitive reductive electrochemical detection where the applied potential is sufficient to reduce dissolved oxygen which must be removed as completely as possible in this case any residual oxygen is removed by an electrochemical reduction unit prior to the pump metal rather than polymers tubing is used in all areas where reintrusion of oxygen may occur now i'll talk about the pumps for solvent delivery All HPLC pumps are positive displacement pumps that rely on the incompressibility of liquids within limits of their 
प्रेशर कैपेबिलिटीज दे आइडियली प्रोवाइड ए कॉन्स्टेंट फ्लो रेट इंडिपेंडेंट ऑफ सॉल्वेंट विस्कोसिटी और कॉलम बैक प्रेशर द मोस्ट कॉमनली यूज पम्प फॉर एच पी एल सी सिस्टेम इज द रेसिप्रोकेटिंग पम्प इन इट्स सिंपलेस्ट कॉन्फिगरेशन दिस कंप्राइज ऑफ ए स्मॉल सिलिंड्रिकल पिस्टन चेम्बर इक्विप्ड उथ टू नंबर्स वन वे चेक भल्ब्स द इनलेट चेक भल्ब इज कनेक्टेड टू द इलुवेंट रिजर्वर एंड ओपन्स ड्यूरिंग द एस्पिरेशन स्ट्रोक एलाउिंग द पम्प चेम्बर टू रिफिल and during this time the outlet check valve is closed during the pumping stroke the outlet check valve opens and the inlet check valves closed so that back to the eluent reservoir is eliminated and the solvent flows to be downstream components the seats of the check valve is made of sapphire the ball of ruby and the piston of sapphire although the leakage rate through such a check valve is very low at very low flow rates and or high pressures the leakage rate can be appreciable it is common to use two or more check valves in series although they may be contained in a single housing a spring loaded design that has a spring pressing down on the ball to secure it to the seat is also common In this case the pressure of the flowing liquid must exceed the pressure exerted by the spring for the check valve to open and permit flow in a single piston pump the piston driving cam is so designed that the aspiration stroke is much faster than the dispensing stroke to minimize the duration of flow stoppage during the aspiration period nevertheless pulsation from a single piston pump is severe and must be dampened pulse dampeners are obligatorily used with such pumps the pumps output passes through a device with a flexible component prior to downstream components in suitable case as for example with purely aqueous solvents used in ion chromatography the long length of tap gel are effective single piston pumps like this are rarely used today as the principal hplc pump typically a dual piston pump head is used the eluent reservoirs feeds both heads through individual check valves and the output of each 
हेड थ्रू इंडिविजुअल चेक्स वैल्यूज आर कंबाइंड बाय ए टी द टू हेड्स आर ड्राइविंग आउट ऑफ फेज विथ ईच अदर सो दैट द आउटपुट फ्लो रिमेन्स कॉन्स्टेंट ए कंप्यूटर डिजाइंड कैम ड्राइव्स बोथ हेड्स एंड पल्सेशन इज भस्टली रिड्यूस रिलेटिव टू सिंगल हेड पम्प्स इन एनदर डिजाइन द फ्लो फ्रॉम वन चेम्बर कॉल्ड द लो प्रेशर हेड इट फीड्स द सीरियली प्लेस्ड हाई प्रेशर हेड दैट डिलीवर्स द इलिवेंट डाउन स्ट्रीम दिस अरेजमेंट रिक्वायर्स टू इनलेट एंड वन आउटलेट चेक बल्ब्स During the high pressure chamber refilled period the low pressure piston can fill the high pressure chamber very rapidly in less than around 1% of the pumping cycle minimizing the pulse duration in yet another serial dual piston design while the smaller piston is dispensing eluent downstream The bigger piston chamber is filling up with eluent. The bigger piston chamber is equipped with an inlet and an outlet check valve. The outlet check valves is directly connected to the second piston chamber. No other check valves are needed. When the pistons change their direction, the bigger piston refills the smaller chamber. we simultaneously dispensed elution into the system the piston chamber is commonly made of stainless steel this however is incompatible with a variety of eluents as many halides at low ph and many chelating agents can attack stainless steel especially when the eluent is not completely deoxygenated in iron chromatography as well as in many metal susceptible biosystems the peak material is used this is inert that means this peak material is inert to aqueous solutions peak means p e e k all in capital letters and many organic solvents in that organic solvents also peak materials is inert the solvents are methanol and acetonitrile which are commonly used in the hp system but using of the peak material there is a limitation on maximum pressure and it may swell in ch2 cl2 tetrahydrofuran and dimethyl sulfoxide the peak material is also limited to pressure that means it will work in less than 400 bar pressure in high end uhpc system medical grade titanium is used for the piston chamber gradient elution is vital to most hplc separations 
pumping systems capable of running a gradient containing up to four components that means a quaternary gradient are commercially available gradient pumping systems fundamentally differ in whether the solvent composition changes on the feed side or the output side of the pump to form a binary high pressure gradient between as for example methyl and a phosphate buffer two separate independent pumps a pump a pumping the methanol and pump b pumping the aqueous buffer are used the outputs of the two pumps are combined at a mixing t an actively stirred mixing chamber can be used presently efficient passive mixtures are also common that means uplc system often use such static mixtures during the chromatographic run a gradient programmer that controls both the pumps slowly raises the pump flow rate of pump a while simultaneously decreasing the flow rate of pump b the total flow rate is maintained constant it is possible to use a flow rate gradient also but this is rather rarely used because two identical pumps are needed a high pressure gradient pumping system is expensive beyond a binary gradient system it is rarely configured this way they do have the advantage that mixing volume in the high pressure site can be very small and very sharp step gradients can be effectively attained now low pressure gradient system in low pressure gradient systems to form a n component gradient that means n number component gradient and n number independent two port solenoid valves configured in a single housing is used the inlet port of each valve is connected to independent modestly pressurized eluent reservoirs each modestly pressurized and the outlet port of all the valves are connected to a common port that in turn feeds the pump these valves can be turned on and off very fast actual time is 10 to 15 milliseconds only and during the intake stroke of the pump the individual valves open and close rapidly during this total intake stroke if the valve connected to solvent a and that connected to solvent b are each open a total of 50% of the time each valve may open and close multiple times the intake feed will normally be composed of 50% a and 50% b solvents and so on here 
we need to note that during a constant flow rate solvent gradient the pump pressure may change in a marked manner as the viscosity of the mixed solvent can be higher than either of the pure components this is especially so for a water methanol gradient system now i'll talk about the syringe pumps syringe pumps constitute of a motor driven syringe which is typically of stainless steel with a highly polished bore and this syringe is of a large enough volume to complete the desired chromatographic run without having to refill the open end is connected to the common port of a three way valve the two other ports are respectively connected to downstream components as for example an injector and the solvent reservoir as needed the bulb switched to the solvent reservoir for aspiration and refill one major manufacturer offers pumps with capacities of 65 to 1000 ml the flow rate range vary according to the pump capacity that means from 10 nanoliter per minute to 25 ml per minute and 0.1 to 410 mm per minute the maximum pressure capability varies inversely that means 20000 psi for the pump capacity 10 nanoliter to 25 milliliter per minute and the maximum pressure will be 2000 psi for the syringe pump capacity 0.1 to 410 milliliter per minute aside from realistically attainable flow rates over a very large span The great virtue of a syringe pump is nearly pulseless operation of particular value when detection systems very sensitive to pump pulsation are used. Syringe pumps the syringe pumps for HPLC are expensive. However, and gradient operation will require multiple pumps. constant pressure pumps often a pneumatically pressurized reservoir and they do not see much use in present day liquid chromatography system but this may change if 
ओपन टेबुलर लिक्विड कोमाटोग्राफी बिकम प्रैक्टिकल नाउ आई डिस्कस अबाउट द सॉल्वेंट इंजेक्शन सिस्टम मोस्ट एसपीएलसी इंजेक्शन सिस्टम्स कंसिस्ट ऑफ सिक्स पोर्ट लूप टाइप इंजेक्शन वाल्व्स और वेरिएशंस देयर ऑफ एन इंजेक्टर ऑफ दिस टाइप कंसिस्ट ऑफ ए स्टेटर टू व्हिच एक्सटर्नल कनेक्शंस आर मेड एंड एन इंटरनल डिक्स शेप्ड रोटर with the perspective from the rear of the injector we will label the ports 1 through 6 clockwise from the top of the injector the ports are threaded and all connections with tubes to the external world are made with appropriately threaded nuts and compression ferrules a fixed volume injection loop is connected between port 1 and 4 port 2 connects to the sample injector any excess sample drains through port 3 the port 5 and 6 connect to the column and the pumps respectively the rotor digs does not have any ports the black circles are drawn on the rotor only to indicate that when it is placed against the stator how it will be positioned instead three alternate grooves are engraved on the rotor between what would have been the port location when a sample is introduced through port number 2 it travels along the slot in the rotor to port 1 and as we continue introducing the sample it fills the injection loop the liquid travels through port 4 and the corresponding rotor slot to port 3 to west meanwhile the pump output coming in through port 6 it travels through the corresponding rotor slot through port 5 directly to the column the ports are distributed symmetrically at 60 degree intervals the rotor has two positions with travel stops at the end of each position to prevent further rotation when the rotor is rotated by 60 degree manually by a pneumatic actuator or most commonly by an electric motor the valve now enters the inject position notice that in this position the pump output now proceed through the corresponding rotor slot to flush the contents of the loop to the column and injection is made meanwhile the sample input port connects directly to the west port this type of injector is called an external loop injector and the 
Injection volume can be changed by changing to a different volume injection loop. However, at small loop volume, internal volumes within the port or slot also become relatively significant. The rotor is generally made of a softer materials than the stator. The peak materials and reinforced PTFE materials are common rotor materials as they provide a good seal and low friction. In some ingenious valve design, the flow through the valve is configured in a manner that the fluid pressure is used to seal the rotor against the stator. Both because of minimum length of the tubing needed to externally connect the loop port as well as the small but finite volumes internal to the valve ports, it is not practical to have sub-microliter injection loop. However, instead of the external loop, it is possible to have a replaceable internal digs with a small engraved slot that serves as the injection loop. Injectors with internal loops as small as 4 nanoliter with 100 micrometer bore connecting passes are commercially available for nano LC. Internal loop injectors of up to 5 microliter volume are also available. There is of course no upper limit to the volume of external loop. Injection volume scale with column cross section and a 10 microliter injection typical with a 4.6 times to the 250 millimeter column with dp is equal to 5 micrometer dp is related to the particle size and will translate to a 5 nanoliter injection to a 0.1 millimeter bore packed capillary injection volume reproducibility of field loop injections are generally better than the reproducibility attainable by the rest of the equipment. So it is not usually a factor in the overall analytical reproducibility. The partial loop injections are possible by partially loading the loop with a microliter syringe for front loading needle port injection valves or for automated valves keeping the valve in the inject position for a period too short for the entire loop contents to be injected. Neither approach exhibits reproducibilities comparable to field loop injection. Similar to the six port valves with the rotor connecting alternate adjacent ports, the 8 to 14 ports valves are available and can be used for a variety of functions. 
as for example to simultaneously inject the same sample to two different columns and to inject the sample to one of two columns already plumbed in the system etc now i'll discuss about the columns straight length of stainless steel tubing with highly polished interior walls are most commonly used as column housing standard bore columns usually mean an inner diameter of 4.6 mm although 4 and 2.1 mm bore columns are also common columns of bore less than 1 mm are usually referred to as capillary columns with the term nano lc generally applied to columns of bore less than 0.1 mm the peak column that means the column with peak materials its housing is used in iron chromatography and other metal sensitive applications capillary columns generally use fused silica peak or peak encased fused silica tubes as the column housing to filter out particle to evenly distribute the flow across the column cross section and to provide a support for the column bed the frets are used both at the inlet and the outlet of the column cindered stainless steel decks typically of 0.5 to 2 micrometer pore size these are surrounded by a polymer ring to provide sealing and it constitutes a typical fret a flow distribution disc is sometimes used below the inlet fret especially in larger bore columns such as those used for preparative chromatography note that a typical stainless steel fret has far greater surface area than the rest of the column and such frets cannot be used in iron sensitive applications as in many bioseparations titanium and polymer frets are available for such applications column lengths vary from 5 mm for affinity columns based on perfusion particles to 250 mm for a standard 4.6 mm bore column packed with 5 micrometer diameter particles recall that for size exclusion chromatography separation already i discussed it the total retention window depends on the available pore volume within the column this in turn is dependent on the column dimensions columns that use the exclusion mode 
दैट मीन्स फॉर साइज एक्सन क्रोमोटोग्राफी और आयन क्रोमोटोग्राफी एक्सचेंजर्स दिस आर ऑफन लार्जर इन डायमेंशन द साइज एक्सक्लूशन क्रोमोटोग्राफी कॉलम्स एज लार्ज एज सेवन पॉइंट टू टाइम्स थ्री हंड्रेड मिलीमीटर आर नॉट अनकॉमन while it is generally true that for a given particle type the column efficiency increase approximately with the reciprocal of the particle diameter there is a great deal of variation from manufacturers to manufacturer in addition no column is equally efficient for all analytes in the study referred to in the margin notes 5 of the columns used dp is equal to 10 micrometer 3 used dp dp means the diameter of particles is 4 micrometer and the rest used dp is equal to 5 micrometer with the neutral solute toluene the highest and lowest observed efficiency is 115000 and 32000 plates per meter respectively and these were both observed with diameter of particle size is equal to 5 micrometer columns The top performing columns above was among the worst performer with a basic solute pyridine. The top performer in this case was also a DP is equal to five micrometer column and attained approximately sixty-five thousand plates per minute. to determine the effect of dp on plate counts it is more meaningful to compare similar particles of different size made by the same manufacturer for a particular type of their porous silica based c18 columns the agilent scientist reported around 85000 and 140000 and 2 lakh 40000 plates per meter for dp is equal to 5 3.5 and 1.8 micrometer respectively in comparison a brand x column where the dp is equal to 2 micrometer a brand y column where the dp is equal to 2.5 micrometer and a monolithic column all provide almost the same efficiency under comparable conditions and are in fact marginally worse than the column with dp is equal to 3.5 micrometer in comparison the present spp backed kinetex columns are stated by the manufacturer the phenomenex to exhibit efficiencies of greater than 4 lakhs 3 lakhs 20000 2 lakhs 80000 and 1 lakh 80000 plates per meter respectively for their dp is equal to 1.3 1.7 
2.6 and 5 micrometer packing columns packed with dp less than equal to 2 micrometer particles are typically available in 3 to 5 cm length due to the very large pressure drops their use is practical only with uhplc equipment for particles with diameters of particle dp in between 2.5 to 5 micrometer the maximum available column length is typically 150 mm for dp is equal to 5 micrometer the standard 25 cm length columns are available and are routinely used with dp is equal to 5 micrometer columns a short 1 to 5 cm long guard column is usually placed between the injector and the antigel column generally containing the same packing as the antigel column it is placed there for two reasons first it will retain debris as for example particle seal fragments and the sample particular particulate matter that would otherwise get on the antigel column and foul it changing column efficiency and selectivity second it retains highly absorbed compounds that would be caught on and not be eluted from the antigel column the guard column thus extends the life of the antigel column it must be regenerated or cleaned or more commonly replaced periodically some antigel columns are designed with an integrated guard column this minimize band broadening through additional tubing or connections however with highly efficient columns packed with small particles the considerations of extra column dispersion become all important and guard columns are generally not used now i'll discuss about the column oven temperature control of the column is not essential but greatly improves reproducibility most high end hplc systems include a column oven and the typical operational temperature is a little higher than the ambient temperature as for example 30 degree centigrade as this can be easily maintained diffusivity increases with temperature and the column efficiency increases there is a shift in the plate height minimum in the van dimmer plots towards high velocities making higher flow rates more desirable and leading to faster separations higher flow rates are also easier to attain because the necessary pressure is reduced as the eluent viscosity decreased at a higher temperature the penalty paid for elevated temperature operation is accelerated 
column degradation especially for silica based columns and anion exchangers in addition unlike gas chromatography an increase in column temperature in hplc does not necessarily mean a decreased retention factor temperature programming although possible is rarely used in liquid chromatography some detector especially ri detector and conductivity detector are very sensitive to temperature change while better detectors of this type already have some means of temperature equilibration or thermostating it is advisable to operate the column and the detector at the same temperature for a conductivity detector the measurement cell is often detachable this can easily be placed in the column oven even in a basic hplc setup when a column oven is not available the rapid temperature change can be avoided by wrapping the column in a bubble wrap or insulation foam